And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your freshly, freshly shaved host, Joel, the only podcast host on the internet that I can name who isn't following the new O.J. Simpson Twitter page. <laughs> You got eyes on OJ. Eyes on OJ, guys. Uh, apparently so. I wondered. I'm like, why? Why are so many of my Twitter mutuals so interested in like following OJ? To which Matt so eloquently put it there. Eyes on OJ. He, he's gonna do something. You, you gotta. He's gonna he's, do something. He's he's getting brazen. He's 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 like the the killer in Jessica Jones season three. He's, he's sending the videos out. You gotta pick out pick out who who he's gonna kill next. See, I haven't watched Jessica Jones season three yet. Even though between you and a bunch of other people i probably should because i really like jessica jones but god god help netflix for not telling me it was out used to be when a new marvel show came out it would take over the front page of everything now they get jack shit yeah i had to search for it i had to actually like go to the search bar and search for it because it wasn't on any of the front page wow it's almost like they had a nasty breakup or something or a big falling out and netflix is being a little (laughs) petty right now (laughs) just a little bit We'll put your show up, but we're not going to fucking tell a soul that it's out. <laughs> Hell, they arguably did more for Punisher Season 2 than ended it with, yeah, and it's cancelled. Mm-hmm. Like, the day after, can- oh yeah, and it's cancelled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just in case you were wondering, which, uh, man, man, we never got to talk about that last week, the crazy state of Swamp Thing and the DC Universe app and how that might already Jeez. have died on the vine. Yeah, jeez, what a what a show! As well as like to find out that the show is apparently like eighty million dollars, yep. like for a season. Like that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. That's insanity. But you know what? That's also the, the, the this is the old DC Entertainment, Matt, that we used to know. <laughs> the one that made terrible decisions all the time. What's more depressing about this is they have good quality content and stuff that fans actually want to watch and fans actually feel serviced and listened to by. But it's like, "Mm, yeah, sorry, we screwed up the business end of that when we actually got the creative end right for a change. Sorry. Yeah, apparently it was all because they they misfiled a form, but then like the people who they were supposed to file the form to said, no, that's not it. It's something else. So, yeah, lots of fuckery going on it's there. It's getting deeper and very fucked. Again, I had Jason Inman on last week when you weren't here, and he had an interesting insight having actually well, currently professionally working in television. And his thing was basically like, no, that, that stuff doesn't just happen. That's not a yeah. huge fumble. That's not a huge botch. This 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 was not an accidental killing of the DC Universe app. Yeah. This was murder most foul. Oh, my, most definitely. The... the 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 app, in my opinion, was never going to succeed, especially with that AT and T buyout, and they wanted to start their own uh, WB app and everything to That's combat the Disney stuff and everything. Yeah. So we're basically, you know, it, it's Schrodinger's app right now. It is both alive and dead at the same time. <laughs> Which, man, that breaks my heart, too, because they're like, hey, everyone, get pumped for the second half of season three of Young Justice. Remember, you campaigned and signed petitions for years for the show to finally be resurrected? <laughs> and it was. And it was a little cheaper in places, but by and large, it was the show you wanted back again. Oh, Ooh, about that season four, uh, you waited five years before. I maybe wait five more. <laughs> and and not not only that, they have um, what is it? Uh, Titan season two and Star Girl filming at the moment. So like, are you happening? 
uh, are they just going to be like shoveled off? And it has me worried as well for like uh, like uh, Doom Patrol, yeah. just fucking amazing. And I imagine they won't be doing any more of that. You know, their breakthrough work of art that was actually really, really good and that we want to see more of. Again, what about that Harley Quinn animated show they promised? I know. Oh, the- yeah. I know voices are getting recorded for that. Ron Funches is going to be in that show, and he talks about it endlessly how excited he is for that. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that was happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I could with all the Harley Quinn stuff we're going to be talking about this oh, week. Oh, we'll be talking about that, but uh, that, that was old business, Matt. Now we can move on to the new business. Uh, E3 was this last week. Normally we talk about it because usually there's stuff that you know is pertinent to our interest, even if it's not entirely connected to comic books and superheroes but oh boy was there a big superhero announcement it's the game that we've been talking about forever we finally got to see what the square enix crystal dynamics avengers game looked like yeah and it looks awesome i don't care what anyone says on the internet it looks fucking awesome i am much in the same boat as you matt again we're we're simpatico you and i my my big thing was i'm like but wait but for like the last couple years all you guys have been talking about is that you wanted the (laughs) avengers now you have it and you're not happy with it why because they don't look like the movies that was never gonna happen let me tell you a little thing about likeness rights (laughs) well not only that this they're not that this isn't an MCU game; it's their own universe. It's the Marvel game universe, or whatever they're going to end up calling it. It's it's not MCU. Also, too, if we want to look at this historically, I remember fans lodging much of the same visual complaints at Injustice and at that last Spider-Man game, and I think those oh, turned out pretty good. That Spider-Man game, everyone's comparing it to to that, and like, oh, it's not going to be an open world game. It never was. No. Like, the, they're two completely different like animals one's a team based game and the other one's a solo game that needs to be open world (laughs) i will admit they did use the worst word when describing it and that is you know games as service which has been the kiss of death for so many different games out there Mm -hmm. right now and i will admit that that word and the word loot boxes are words you don't want to hear and unfortunately, one of them slipped in. The other one, they're like, no, 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 no loot boxes. And we promise that, you know, you will, you'll get heroes for free. We might nickel and dime you on skins, but, you know, hey, this is par for the course. But you'll get you'll get the heroes for free. And I'm like, so far, I'm liking everything I'm hearing here. And I'm liking that, uh, what is it, that every hero plays different. You know, Hulk plays different than Iron Man, plays different than Black Widow. Yeah, I got to see some some of the leaked footage of it, and it... It look it looks really cool. I didn't. It get looks to, awesome. I didn't get to see the leaked footage. <laughs> I am too jealous now. Do I, I'm not saying link me to that in our chat map, but link me to that in the chat. Map. <laughs> <laughs> if it's still up. I I actually know at least one person who got to go to E3 and was you know big enough to actually get invited behind closed doors and the general consensus from this person was yeah hey it actually like it looks pretty good yeah, yeah all the fears are unfounded. Yeah, all the fears come from goddamn Captain America's costume, which looks fine. It looks fine. It looks like an Elseworld costume, and I'm 90% sure, like the Spider-Man suit and like the Injustice suits, we'll get to change them anyway. Oh, oh you know they're going to do that. And that's You they're know gonna, they're going to do that. And that's where they're going to make the money from the costumes. <laughs> hey, man, if I, if I can dress up Thor in his like current, current costume with a gold arm, I'm all for it. 
I hope they put in the bad, jokey ones, too. I want to dress Captain America up like the original Nomad. I want <laughs> 90s Thor with the stupid chess piece. I want the ugliest Iron Man suit money can buy. I want Black Widow in her original Cold War era suit. <laughs> but, of course, the biggest question coming off the back of this Avengers footage, where is Hawkeye, Matt? When Hawkeye's not on screen, everyone needs to ask, where is Hawkeye? <laughs> Yes, the the internet collectively shat itself because apparently Hawkeye is the most important character to to the team's makeup now. Which apparently, I think has to be a rare moment in history when people actually gave a shit about Hawkeye. Man, if all you people who complain that Hawkeye didn't show up in this trailer read the last Hawkeye book, it might still be <laughs> running right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well, it's like I'm I'm really hoping that like if they introduce him in like a story element, they make him a villain. That would be great. Him and Scarlet Witch need to come in as villains as they were in the original stories. Yeah, that I think that that would be really cool, and it would make people angry because most people I don't think know that he was no. a villain. No, they don't remember that. Him and Swordmaster and Trickshot and everything. Heck, let's get the mm -hmm. whole circus of crime in there while we're at it. <laughs> That'd be cool. People... The char characters are endless though in this, mm -hmm. like. The amount you could have, and they've already teased stuff like Inhumans yes. and everything. So I'm very excited. I'm sure you saw the same thing that I heard, and that is, you know, oh hey, look, a, a Terrigen engine is behind mm -hmm. all the problems here, and there's a there's a young girl talking about how much she loves the Avengers. What's what's the over under? What are the Vegas odds, Matt? That that's probably Miss Marvel talking. Oh, I I actually think it is. I think there was like leaks that came out not too long ago where Miss Marvel was kind of like the POV character. As she should be. She's an excellent POV character and someone so easy for the fan base to fall in love with because it's like, yo, she loves heroes too, dog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, clearly these games have an eye for the future. Why do you think Miles Morales featured so prominently in that Spider-Man game? Exactly. Because they're like, yo, here's a franchise here in and of themselves. <laughs> it is funny, though, the whole Terrigen engine thing. It's like, oh yeah, this game... Games take a long time to make, right? This one was probably developed four years ago when Marvel was super horny for Inhumans. <laughs> Maybe this might spike them coming back. Hopefully. I can hope. I mean, video, yes, please. video games do amazing things. So, I mean, really, really, why not? Yeah. What, uh, what else before we move on to more comic talk? Because, you know, I, I like getting a little game talk in here, too. What what did you like from E3 this year, Matt? Because I, I was conflicted. I swore I wasn't going to watch it because Sony wasn't showing up. And I'm like, well, fuck it. I own a Sony console. It's, a, it's an incomplete show if Sony doesn't show up. And then, of course, I fell into the hype because I'm a horrible <laughs> garbage person who follows trends. And I'm like, oh, people are talking about it on the Twitter machine. Keanu Reeves showed up. Oh, God, I need to watch now. Ah. Uh I, I don't know because like a lot of it was it was it was really lackluster show this it, year. It really, um, like, even if Sony did show up, it still would have been a pretty lackluster year. Yeah, like all and I, oh, I I put that down to because this is this is the final year of this current generation. Next year we're getting the PlayStation Five and that new Xbox Scarlet or whatever it's called. I don't want the PlayStation Four is fine. <laughs> current generation consoles are fine. What more could you bring to this? <laughs> hey, with what I've heard about the PS Five, it's true. I, I can't fucking want it. But yes, uh, do, do continue. Uh, uh, yeah, so it was kind of disappointing, but like because. It's obviously the last E3 of this generation, so everyone's like, "Ah, oh, we show everything off next year when then when we know more about the next generation stuff." But like all of the stuff we saw 
was like cinematics and yeah. even like the Avengers stuff, like it was all like cinematics or like highly controlled gameplay that isn't really gameplay. It's just more cinematics. You had stuff like your cyberpunk, which we were already hyped for cyberpunk. They didn't need to do anything else to get us more excited. But I, then they're like, hey, everyone's favorite person, Keanu <laughs> Reeves, is in this now. I would very much like to see some actual gameplay of that game. Like, we got some, like, a year ago, but, yeah. like, that's a year in game development time. The game could probably be completely different. Yeah, let's see how it looks now, please. But again, I think... I think CD Projekt Red knows. They're like, oh, we got you by the short and curlies, nerds. We we gave you The Witcher. Now we're giving you Cyber Witcher. <laughs> it, it does look really cool. Yes. Indeed. Uh, that one looked fun. Uh, that new horror game, uh, what was it? Ghost, Ghostland, Ghostwire. Yeah, again, a game I want to see, like, because of the people involved, uh, like people behind like uh, Evil Within and yeah. Resident Evil, I'm really interested in it. Plus, um, everyone get... fell in love with the lady who, uh, who is her <laughs> game and her original thing. It's like, ooh, and she studied under who, you say? Ooh, and there's all these great YouTube videos of her just being wholesome and great online. Well, the internet has a new girlfriend now, everybody. <laughs> Let's buy yeah, the game. It, it does look really cool. It looks really weird, which I like in horror games. Indeed. That good Japanese weird. Yeah, we had, we had that Star Wars Fallen Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, let's talk about that. I thought it looked fine, if ultimately a little generic, well, like it came out of the Star Wars video game generating machine. Well, see, this is the thing. They showed that demo, and that, that demo was pretty shit. Yeah. But apparently the one they showed, which was an extended version of that, was like heaps better like it showed off more of like the stuff like you can you've got this like galaxy map thing you could travel to all these planets and right. you can do this with your lightsaber and you can control these type of vehicles showed off all this like really cool that stuff I'm like why 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 wasn't that in that because like yeah the trailer was just like a guy who i have to it was probably like his first time playing even though they said it wasn't but yeah. he, he wasn't very good at it no he kept getting hit and i'm like is this yeah. is he purposely getting hit to show like no no no, this is real footage this is really what happens or is he just like legitimately not good at playing this yeah i i did like the the combat is kind of security very in that way you gotta break down your opponent's guard before yeah. you can lightsaber stab them, which makes sense because a lightsaber should always be an instant kill shouldn't it yeah, yeah, so I'm looking forward to using that sort of stuff. And some of the platforming looks pretty cool. Looks very Prince of Persia, which we have not had in a very long time. <laughs> well, that was also made by the guys who made Titanfall, and wall running is like oh, their thing. Oh, their bread and butter, of course, that makes sense. Yeah. It's funny, too, someone said this to me, the, the main guy, the main character, that's Jerome from Gotham. Yeah, it is. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's shocking. That's surprising. Good for him. He seems like a good young actor. I'm happy he's getting work. And oh, Saw Gerrera was yeah. in it. Yeah, Saw Gerrera was in it. I'm, I'm really hoping, though, that the character isn't just like... Because we've had characters from that, that era mm. basically be the exact same character. Kanan. <sighs> Which, fuck, can we just make a Kanan game? I would happily just play Kanan from around this time. Look, you, you could actually do that because these comics covered this, this era like really well. And you could just have him play through the comics and stories between them plus you get freddie prince jr in there and who doesn't love yeah. freddie prince jr i think yeah. i think the thing though at the end of it is like this looks fine this looks like this will do this will show that yes you can actually make star wars games that are profitable again if that was ever a question but i think what we can all agree was is like well it's no kotor though 
<laughs> yep. Where's Where's my Kotor guys who own the Star Wars license? I have all this money <laughs> burning a hole in my pocket. Give me a fucking Kotor, please. <laughs> no, I guess this is fine, but Kotor maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Just give us something. I, it's like, is it harder to make a KOTOR now because Disney is trying so hard to rein in the continuity, being like, no, we want to make movies for the next decade. We want to make sure nothing contradicts. I have to think that is one of the reasons. Another reason is probably maybe they just don't want to put the time in. It's, ah, we'll just do it, set it in this time period. Everyone knows this time period is good. As we've seen with Cyberpunk there, ambitious RPGs with many choices and many branching paths take a lot of time and effort to make. Yep. Which is a shame, because those are often some of my favorites. Uh, ooh, speaking of RPGs, uh, we got to see some more footage of the Final Fantasy VII remake there. I like what they're doing with the combat system. I like the I have to fill up a gauge with hack and slashing if I want to make it an actual turn-based RPG. Yeah, it looks really cool. I love that it's like a complete like rebuild of the game. It's not like some shitty remaster or something. It's a complete remake. Yeah. Uh, so like everything has been remade, which is really great. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I, I did like that... Um, just talking about that when it was announced at that Square Enix panel. I love that every other game on that Square Enix panel was like a remaster or a port. It's funny. Or like something that people don't even want. Like Final Fantasy was it eight. Oh yeah, yeah. We're remastering eight too while we're at it. It's like really? Okay, <laughs> thank you. They're I they're guess. remastering it, but they're not doing as good as a job. It's just like a slight graphical remaster. Slight graphical upgrade. Hey, you can you can relive all the fun stuff with Squall and his Gunblade and Cypher and all those other... Yeah, all these characters. memorable characters. Yeah, you, you got them all. Also, here's some Kingdom Hearts DLC. Kingdom Hearts 3. Sorry about Kingdom Hearts 3? <laughs> sorry that didn't answer all your questions. Sorry, sorry that was kind of a weak ending, but here's more of it. You can play as other characters now. Okay, <laughs> but it looks like you can only play them in the final boss fight, which is weird because I thought that's what it was going to do. It's like, ooh, I get to play other characters now. No, you just get to play the main guy. This is probably a feature we had to take out. <laughs> Those last boss fights are kind of disappointing, ultimately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Considering how good the ones in 2 were, but uh, what, uh, what else was there? Uh, ooh, Watchdog Legions actually kind of surprised me because I'm like, oh god, another Ubisoft sequel, here we go. Ooh, but you can be anyone, though. There's no set main character and there's permadeath, and it's set in London. Ooh, I'm a sucker for games that take place in London, alright. Yeah, I, I like the, the, the change of uh, not just city, but like country. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's rather interesting, um, especially with what's going on in Europe at the moment, like that Brexit thing. They, they were sure to mention that. I, they were, but I like a week before. They're like, Ubisoft, we don't like doing politics and our game. Oh, bull fucking shit, you don't. You <laughs> yeah, goddamn. No, they do. You French Canadian liars, and I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it looks cool i love the idea that you can take control of like different people that have different traits so, so like in the trailer they took control of like a retired old lady who was like an assassin which i think is really cool uh it, it, it looks it looks pretty cool i'm very wary of ubisoft's pre presentations because yeah. their games never look as good as they are no they don't they're always big lies yeah so i'm very very wary 
I really liked Watch Dogs 2, but I never beat Watch Dogs 2 because there was a freaking hacking bomb puzzle where I'd be like three <laughs> minutes to disarm an entire room, and I never got past it. I must have tried it a dozen times, and I got so furious <laughs> I just left it, even though up to then I had actually really been enjoying it. It was a, I, I think I finished it. I, I honestly can't remember. I should really play it again. But like I do really like it. I like the setting in San Francisco. The music tracks were really cool. Yeah. The stuff you could do with the character was really cool. There was a lot was of really style, good game. like 3D printing yeah. your own weapons. And, you know, you were yeah. kind of like these cyber Robin Hoods going after, like, mini-bosses who are like, yeah, fuck that guy. And clearly people drawn from like the real world headlines it's like okay here's the guy that represents scientology and here's the guy who represents uh, martin screlly don't these guys mm -hmm. suck and i'm like yeah they yeah. do <laughs> but uh yeah tell you what if we're both revisiting it around the same time i think there was also also a multiplayer component where you could take on gang hideouts with a friend so if we're both gonna replay it let's do that <laughs> so we don't have to play with mouth breathers online you know the ones <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so was, was there anything else from E3 worth talking about? Oh, uh, John Berthal came out with a doggy. Yeah, for some reason to, to promote the new uh, Ghost Recon, which looks good, but again, it's a Ubisoft game. Ghost Recon Wildlands looked great when they showed it, but boy, did it get a major downgrade. And also in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, question. So you're selling this new game by selling Berthal as the main new charismatic villain who is not the character we play as but you're putting all the money into marketing this character. That only tells me that the character we are going to play is pretty bland and forgettable. Oh yeah. Who I think it's, I think it's literally the same character you play in Wildlands, which is like, like Mr. McCustomize. How about, how about you put all that time and energy you put in the villain into, you know, someone else <laughs> just saying, can, can I play as John Bernthal? No. Then why did you spend all the money on getting John Bernthal? You know what they'll be? They'll be a skin you'll have to pay for. And you, cause they, they did that in, in, in Wildlands. You can get all these different skits. You can play as the Predator. You can play as Dutch from, from Predator and stuff like that. You want to talk about games as a service. That Ghost Recon game there was a total service. Like for five oh, yeah. years, here's new skin packs and here's new DLC oh, yeah. so we can nickel and dime you forever. And the core game just doesn't play that good. It, it's it feels so empty like it, there's stuff in it but it's always the same stuff it feels like something that i would have rented from blockbuster back in the day and like beaten it yeah. a weekend yeah yeah and just exactly all, and just like all this empty space they make you go forever in a huge map that has nothing in it mm -hmm. and that's really annoying and i'm like you know not every game needs to be a big open world guys mm -hmm. no but it does though totally does <laughs> Need to fill a big empty world, but uh, yeah, that was that was your little E three news there. All the stuff that you know pertained to us, and all the stuff we thought was interesting. Yeah, and kind of lackluster show. All things considered, but I mean, you know, like you said, it's the last show before a new generation. Sony didn't even show up. Mm -hmm. I'm still excited for Pokemon though. That might actually make me buy a <laughs> Switch. I'm like, wait, 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 big open world Pokemon, and the Pokemon get bit. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then they tell me you can't actually get all 800 in this one. I'm like, oh, bullshit. <laughs> Microtransactions. Microtransactions for the Pokemon will literally sell them to you. Tell you what, I was so interested in that. I'm like, okay, look, I will I will re-download Pokemon Go on my phone, and let's let's see from here. Because if, if I put them from the go to the home to the sleep to the new game, right, is that is, is that how you're going to make me work this Nintendo? Because <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> also, the new one is in Europe, and I like the female character there. It has one of those little uh, fascinator hats. <laughs> and that's just fun. Uh, all right, then I guess we can move on to our next topic here. Uh, here's a story that just broke just before we even started recording. Uh, Alex Ross beloved legendary comic book artist is teasing a brand new project which he would seek to imply is a comic book continuation of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films yeah very very strange I, 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 I only saw that I only saw that four thing and then later on while I was away I saw like the Alex Ross teasing the hashtag Spider-Man 4 so yeah that's that's very strange the, uh, the the timing of this is really strange. Where I'm like, really now we're gonna do a comic continuation of the Raimi Spider-Man. Okay, this feels like something like some bean counter was looking at the analytics and it's like, oh, you know, people are talking about the Raimi movies a lot right now. Maybe maybe we could try and make some money off that. Yeah, yeah, it, it's very strange. I don't particularly want to see that. <laughs> I mean, it's a cool idea. At least they got some truly A plus talent in it, and Alex Ross. So at least it'll look nice. Is he drawing it or is he doing covers? He's just doing the. Co <laughs> He's done a lot of Spider-Man covers before, so I wouldn't be shocked if he just did the covers. But man, if he yeah. did the interiors too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that book would look amazing. Again, we've literally been working on this one since the last time Spider-Man Four didn't come out, which is why it took so long. <laughs> <laughs> but boy does it look nice though you know a part of me almost wishes that this does take off so we can see comic book adaptations of a bunch of other superhero sequels that never got made i would love that they there's like a bunch of writers who had like pictures of like one where like some guy wanted to uh, do uh batman 66 meets like like three superman yeah, yeah. uh and or, or, or uh, yeah the george george reeves superman or the christopher reeves superman all those uh, we could get like um oh, schumacher's third schumacher's third batman film where he's had jeff goldblum as the uh the scarecrow and all that sort of stuff batman all this really cool stuff yeah. yeah yeah madonna as harley quinn yeah let's do that yeah, oh god. I fully support this weird-ass endeavor. We can do all those Superman stories that never got off the ground. We can do the Tim Burton Superman, Superman Forever. Yeah, the J.J. Abrams one. Oh, yeah, the, the Matthew Vaughn one where he apparently grew up on Krypton and was Superman. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's an odd... It sounds like everyone's got a freaking Elseworld pitch for Superman. <laughs> And, uh, ooh, speaking of Superman, that actually dovetails quite nicely into our next topic. Uh, we got some more artwork hyping up that Joshua Williamson uh, Superman-Batman series, where, of course, it's going to be spinning out of the pages of the Batman who laughs, and the idea is a bunch of heroes get Jokerized, essentially. And the first villain we see, the one who's going to be leading the charge, is the Shazam who laughs. Yeah, which is interesting, because I was, I was always under the impression, at least from what I remember about reading his old comics that like the the like wisdom of solomon and all that sort of stuff made it so that he can't be brainwashed or mm, like corrupted. is susceptible to like toxins and stuff which is what the batman who laughs stuff is it's, it's a toxin serum, yeah the answer so is interesting yeah the answer to that is i don't know maybe it's dark multiversal serum so it plays by its well, own rules well it could also be like uh, a faker and this could actually be the dark multiverse version of Shazam, it could not be actually Shazam. 
it, it would be funny to turn and corrupt Shazam right now of all times when Jeff Johns is working overtime to make that book like such a sweet family affair to be like, okay, now he's a gross monster. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a couple stories we're going to be talking about this week that actually feel like they're kind of middle fingers to Jeff Johns, actually. Do bit. Do bit. We'll, we'll talk about that a bit more. But yeah, Shazam Who Laughs could be cool. You know, again, I, I trust what Joshua yeah. Williamson will do here, and he's building on a great story and what Snyder has been working on. Yeah, that's the thing. He's being shepherded by Snyder, which is, like, really important because I, th- I think he's probably just given him the, the basis for the story and just told Joshua to do what he wants with it. Yeah, and uh, there's going to be more, too. I hope I hope they keep them unexpected like this because, obviously, we didn't... Uh, we haven't really seen many evil counterparts, uh, multiversal counterparts of Shazam. I wonder what other heroes they would do. I would like a Green Arrow version. I want the Green Arrow that laughs. That would be pretty cool. I wonder what that would look like. I want the green arrow that laughs. What what other heroes don't get a lot of love or a lot of play who would make interesting evil counterparts? Uh, we don't really get a lot of Aquaman ones. No, we did get the Drowned. In yeah, the which everyone really liked. Did they? Because that was my least favorite one, I think. Well, see, that's the thing. Like Everyone hated it when it was announced because apparently boob people can't be Evil can't people. be aquaman um but like then people really liked it and then yeah it was kind of like a middling sort of thing but i'd like to see like more evil counterparts because that one wasn't really an evil counterpart it was but, just another bruce wayne that, that yeah that one was a weird one but uh like the costume and i liked the idea of the gender flipped universe actually i'm surprised they don't do more stories like that yeah uh, but yeah, what else do we got going on here? Uh, ooh, we got a brand new Black Label book announced. Matt, last time you were here, we talked about that Harley <laughs> Joker book. Well, we're getting another Harley Joker book. This one is called Harleen, and it's going to be retelling the origins of Harley Quinn, which is an interesting well to go back to when I think the New 52 really fucked with her origin to the point they don't even talk about her origin anymore. Well, not only that, like, Mad Love, like, said everything that needs to be said what 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 new things are you going to bring to this because that story is pretty damn definitive yeah also this is the second as as you mentioned just before the, the second harley quinn book and yep. both of them are origins yep uh, now it's back back one does no one at dc have an original idea apparently not this this is an origin the other one's a reimagining of a whole new story for them but yeah they, wow. they're gonna be both they're both gonna be origins yeah, they're both gonna be origins in their own way man I, I bet you can hold your head high this week matt when people kind of came at you in the past weeks for saying black label is just a batman imprint now it's like no it's no they got all these other books they stopped talking about here's two new harley quinn books uh more batman adjacent characters huh yeah yeah like it, it, when they announced the the the, the brand, it was, it was said it was going to be a brand where people can be creative and open because it's like it's a more mature brand. It's not in continuity, although it kind of is in some books, but not not in continuity mostly. So you can do whatever you want with different characters, and it, it's kind of, it, it like lends itself to characters like Constantine, Swamp Thing. Sergeant Rock, Jonah Hex, the darker-edged ones, anyway. All, all of these characters, things from like Vertigo. Now that Vertigo doesn't fucking exist. Yeah, that's the big rumor too that they might be axing Vertigo soon. Which again, I think this is indicative of a much bigger problem with DC and Warner Brothers, and that is they don't fucking know what to do with their imprints anymore. You got Deceased that came out. That's not even under the Black Label imprint. It should should be, be, but it isn't. Yeah. 
another one another one that should be under there but like yeah it's just all over the place and again it's not black label anymore it's just batman label bat label yeah i mean you know they everything that could have gone wrong with that imprint went wrong with it they tripped at the starting line got nervous and now they don't know what they're doing anymore yeah and and as well like they're, they're retroactively going back and putting things under that brand like batman white knight another batman book yeah. is now under the, the the black label brand even though it came out just before the black label started so they yeah. could have put it under it anyway i think they wanted to put king's mr miracle under there and i think they already put like mm-hmm. uh uh whatchamacallit uh friggin uh su- uh all-star superman and dark knight returns under there yeah. which again it's like come on every comic fan owns a copy of this book you're not going to move more by putting the black label sticker on it yeah, I, I'm fairly certain Watchmen is under there now as well. Yeah, which is a weird one yeah. to put under there, but okay. Yeah, it, it's just so strange that they've done literally nothing but the exact same things with this brand. Like, I, I, I knew from the start it was just going to be Batman stuff because that's what Elseworlds turned into. Yeah, after a while. It's like apparently, hey, writers, endless possibilities, endless freedom. You can write whatever you want. We just want to write Batman. Okay. Yeah, again, like, why do all these people have Batman stories? Why don't they have, like, like I said before, Constantine stories or Jodah Hex stories, all these stories that would be really cool under this brand and utilize it really well? Probably because they wanted to make money, and Batman always makes money. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, though, of this Harleen book that they've talked about, I'm probably going to read this, sadly, before I read the next book we're going to talk about, and that's a Harley and Ivy miniseries coming from Jody Hauser. Not because I have anything wrong with the characters or the writer. In fact, I think Jody Hauser is great. My problem is this is spinning out of the pages of Heroes in Crisis, and this is basically the, okay, try and fix these characters, please, after King broke them. Yeah, oh, that, that's another thing with another one that's spinning out of it that we'll talk about a little later on. But, um, yeah, like the writers and artists have come, basically come out and said not not specifically said but their words imply that yeah we're, we're we're doing these series to basically fix whatever the fuck king did in that book yeah sorry sorry you know we we broke your favorite toy we'll try and fix them as best we can because again if you remember when that story was finished poison ivy died but came back to life as a plant woman because of the green yeah, and now she looks like a skinned human. Yeah, we gotta and fix that. What? Well, yeah, like what? What do we leave in the book be even about? Like, because th- these two, like, what? What were they even doing in in Heroes in Crisis anyway? Nothing. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's described as a road trip, and I'm like, okay, cool. You're going back to like the Paul Dini esque well when they're you know like crazy slapstick friends going on adventures. All right, I can I can kind of see that. It it hits me too. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Didn't didn't Tom King also put Harley in her original costume for one issue? Yeah, he did. And then they yeah. did nothing with it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Well, what was the reasoning behind that again? To pop sales. I guess so, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, all those all those covers with her in it. Yeah, hey everyone, the original costume is back. Aren't you excited? Yes, is it going to stick around? No. Because <laughs> apparently we're still married to the Suicide Squad design where it's Harley, only she doesn't dress like herself. <laughs> Alright, whatever. And, uh, and that's not the only book we got spinning out of Heroes in Crisis. We also have a brand new Wally West miniseries coming to us courtesy of the comic multiverse and Kate Joel's biggest fan, Scott Lobdell. 
couldn't pick a worse writer. Like, do you remember the last time he wrote these characters? Yes, in uh, Titans, and it was terrible, remember? And terrible. Everyone, not only was it bad, but it was the perfect codifier when he was writing Teen Titans and Teen Titrix-centric characters for how bad the new 52 could be. Yeah, I remember that. Also, remember when Dick Grayson got shot in the head for no reason and lost his memory and no one wanted to write that? They gave it to Scott Liddell. And when King ruined Wally and no one wanted to write about him, they gave it to Labdell. It's almost like he takes the projects no one else wants. It's almost like he's Dan DiDio's own personal hitman or something. Yeah, and again, the series series to me is, again, shot in the face to Jeff Johns um, because it sees Wally going on a cosmic adventure to find out who messed with his mind. I mean... He knows who messed with his mind. Yeah, it's very clear. He knows who. He knows who. He knows. We know. We've known for for like two years now. Also, I like to. We're already passing the buck. Where it's like, so we just had a really important story about depression and coming to terms with your problems and making mistakes. Nah, space guy did it. Yeah, yeah. I need to have my hands washed because the spaceman did it. That well, the, the, see, that's another thing. Like at the end of Heroes in Crisis, he's. He's been locked away. Yes. For like murdering and like, oh, and murdering and framing people and whatnot. Yes. So he's is he just gonna like get out of prison? He he's gonna leave and come back because the, the the rumor I heard the skinny I heard is that just because they're having this stopgap miniseries in between to clear Wally's name in the eyes of the fans, still doesn't mean we're not gonna get the Azarello Suicide Squad closer to that movie with Wally on it. Like, that's going to happen. <laughs> Azarello is writing and has been writing that. So you're going to get it, but you're also going to get this mini in between to try and get you to shut up and stop throwing toilet paper at DC's house. Oh, jeez. <laughs> if anything, this series will make you throw more toilet paper because of Scott Liddell. Like, no. What, what blows my mind about this is like, ah, oh, jeez, you know, if only there was someone working at, at DC right now who works with the Flash a lot and has written about Wally and did a much better job grappling with his sadness and his lost family. If only there was a guy, his name rhymes with Schmosh Milliams. Uh, if only he could come in and write, no, 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 no Schmosh, Schmosh Milliams couldn't do it. Okay. Yeah, either that or they wouldn't let him. Or they wouldn't let him. I, I, I could honestly see him just washing his hands too, being like, nope, I'm not going to fix this. I'm going to concentrate on what I'm doing over here now. Yeah, it's like no one could unfuck that. No one could unfuck that. This is this is one stick that can't be unstuck, home skillet. I mean, eventually <laughs> it is. Like every bad decision in comics is eventually lessened or fixed in some way or another. But the fact that they're already doing such a big one eighty on it's like, okay, we let Tom King do whatever he wants. That was a bad idea. How do we get this train back on track and quick? Yeah, it also has me wondering. Like, is this also like the book wasn't good? and people seem to realize that now but like is that also part of like this whole thing with him finishing up on batman and like basically ditching comics to go work on a movie and a coming tv series i i don't think it's so much they ran him out of the industry as like he was already making the move to leave and this was just kind of serendipitous where it's like well okay i was gonna leave anyway so i guess i might as well burn all these bridges with the fans while i'm here <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe maybe that's why he got so bold in those last couple issues where uh, Roy Harper Arsenal, who is also still dead, basically just yelled at the reader and said, what have you ever done with your life? Maybe you should get off the couch personally <laughs> reading this comic. I'm going to go write for Hollywood. Fuck you. Because <laughs> again... In that one particular issue, it feels really, really angry, Heroes in Crisis, where, like, Tom King is just talking to the reader through the character about well, how unhappy well, he is. Well, it's like that most recent Batman book. Like, as I said in there, it feels like the last five or so issues of that, plus the last couple of Heroes in Crisis, that were, like, the, the point where he found out he's going to be moving on. So he's like, well, fuck all of this. I'm just, like, I'm going to make fun of the reader and everything now. I'm just going to, like, you know, Burn it down. point it. Yeah, burn it all to the ground. Oh, man, we didn't get to talk about that. Okay, okay, look, we can't get too wrapped up in this because we have two more stories, but let's let's talk about this briefly. That last Batman issue, holy shit, where it's an entire <laughs> issue where Tom King has to explain himself and what's going on. We we joked, we joked on this show, ah, brain's behind everything, he's Palpatine, he's behind it all. Only to have Tom King he come out is. with a straight face like, Bane is behind it all. He's been behind everything. Even the stuff he couldn't possibly have been behind, he was actually behind. Well, it's not the stuff he, he could have been behind. It. The problem is with all the variables of, like, things he would never even, like, have any control over. Matt, and, he, and it all just worked out. Matt, look, Bane is a super genius who pulled off the most complex, layered, focused plan of all time <laughs> because he is the best. And he's the best. He's the Neil Breen of supervillains. He's the best. He's the best at everything. And he knew it was going to work. What about all that stuff he wasn't there for? Especially the stuff he wasn't there for. <laughs> Not only that, goddamn Thomas Wayne's Batman is like working with him because reasons. We still don't have a reason for that. Oh man, uh, Thomas Wayne basically just cuts the nuts off his son when you find it, which again. Tom King pulls the same trick again. Ooh, here's an internal monologue. You think it's Batman talking. Nah, it was someone else. He's pulled that trick like three times. Yeah, yeah. You don't get to keep doing it. And like literally <laughs> Thomas Wayne's just like, yeah, my son's a punk ass bitch, isn't he? Yeah, I'm like, wow, this this really, I, again, shitting on Jeff Johns and his button stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is not how it was in the button. Thomas Wayne's like, my son's a punk-ass bitch. Uh, he doesn't actually love his sidekicks or anything. They're just soldiers in his war. Uh, he's also really horny, which is why he's totally gung-ho and down to clown for Catwoman all the time, every time, even when it makes no sense, and that's always going to get him in trouble. Uh, he's obsessive, he's a jerk, yet my son sucks. <laughs> Which again, like, let's kill him. <laughs> let's kill him. And again, too, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot too that Tom King actually doesn't like. Like, there was a lot of stuff early on where it seemed like Tom King secretly didn't like Batman, and now that's coming out through Thomas Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> but man, that that issue, man, I I could only be reminded of the bit from Simpsons uh, when they're all drinking Grandpa's tonic and all like you know uh, leaving their kids during the day, and they put together the string theory board, and they're like, okay, so you know under the supervision of the reverse vampires and the saucer people <laughs> they're eliminating the meal of dinner as all part of a nefarious plot we're through the looking glass here people and i'm like that's literally what tom king wrote here oh we're through the looking glass and then he smashed that glass over our head yeah really he he, he freaking just spiked it into the ground and did an end zone dance <laughs> 
but man, seriously, that, that that issue is some hot hot garbage. And I love it even more. Mitch Gerards came out on Twitter and said, "Hey, so you know this cool cover we solicited where it's Batman. I was just gonna talk to you about that. Yeah, where it's Batman in like army fatigues and he's got like one of those Middle Eastern scarfs, and it's like, oh, this is kind of interesting. That's a cool image. How?" How the fuck are we going to get there? The Batman just ditches his costume and starts dressing like a soldier. Only for Mitch Gerards to come out and say, uh, yeah, so that cover's not coming out anymore because it no longer reflects the story. So, Like, sorry. oh, you're rewriting the last couple of issues. <laughs> Which, here's the thing. Is he rewriting it? Or did someone take it away from him to rewrite? <laughs> Hopefully someone took it away. Hopefully now editorial is getting involved and they're like, what the hell? How did all this get past us? That's that's the thing. I think, you know, we've joked that, you know, editorial was asleep at the wheel. They have woken the sleeping giant and now they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You want to do what? You said what? <laughs> but man, that's, uh, I, I don't even have words anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I joked about it on Twitter, but I, I, I still firmly believe that the phantasm that's being introduced is going to be Bane. Oh, God, I forgot about that, too. The phantasm. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. So, okay, so his next big series, his next 12 issuer, which, shit, for all we know, might be good because he writes better in 12 issues, but I don't want to fucking read it at this point. I'm so sick of and done with his Batman. They announced that the villain will be the phantasm in their first canon appearance. Yeah, and it was fun. I was having conversations on Twitter with people about this, and no joke, they they probably got the series like beat for beat, where where she's going to be an ex lover of of Bruce, like in in the in the movie, they're gonna he's gonna have proposed to her or be engaged to her, and it's gonna all come back in this like weird jealousy right. thing. Yeah. yeah how, how dare you move on from me, Bruce? Yeah, well, it'll either be that or it'll be Catwoman getting angry that he proposed to someone before yeah. her. I am I am your angel of death, which again, it's like, okay, so there's a reason the Phantasm was never touched because that movie was really goddamn good and everything. So you better have something equally as good if you're going to do this. Yeah, the rips off the mask and it's Bane under the, under the, under the Phantasm mask. <laughs> it was me. Bane all along. <laughs> you tried to marry Bane. Yeah, that's the thing. I actually dressed in drag for all those years as Renee Beaumont, whatever, <laughs> just to try and get you because that's how interested I am in ruining you, Batman. And I broke you. Aren't you broken? I'm, I'm shocked, but I'm not broken. You're broken. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bane just declares victory and just runs away into the night, <laughs> having beaten Batman once again. Uh, but, uh, again, we, we talked about weird little middle fingers to Jeff Johns. Uh, here's another one for you. Uh, it's announced that, uh, the Legion of Superheroes will be coming back, uh, in the pages of Brian Michael Bendis' new Millennium storyline, which we talked about the last time you were on here. It's a future thing involving Batman and the Legion of Superheroes, and just already my eyes are glazing over. I'm like, okay, Bendis, Legion, yeah. Well, not, not only that, they're gonna first... I think first appear in his Superman run. Right, and they have brand um, new costumes, which people were upset about the new costumes. Yeah, they're fine. They reflect what they are, who they are. It's fine. Um, but, I feel strongly but, one way or the other. I do not. <laughs> the, the thing that like I, I'm guaranteed will happen is that Superboy was aged up, 
So you can go with the Legion, and we can get Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes again. Or or not. Or he'll just go off with them so Bendis doesn't have to write about Superboy anymore. <laughs> if it's someone else, might. That's, that's another bus he can put him on, never to be seen again. <laughs> uh, which really really confuses me because people were mad at that and i'm like wait so you're mad that bendis won't write this but then you're mad when he writes it It, as well it is the it is like the ultimate lose lose proposition isn't it yeah yeah and as well as like i I said on twitter it makes sense like because like john's book uh, like super sons and adventures of the super sons never sold very well no they were not very many souls critical darlings but no they never made you put in with the legion which is a big like brand people really know who the legion I, i i I think they are. People know who they are. People uh, are excited like, that they're coming back, or like at least they, what I've seen. Indeed, they they have a cult following that cannot be denied. But Secret Six has a cult following too, and that couldn't keep that book alive for longer than eleven ish <laughs> years. So I don't know, man. I, I, again, to bring it back to what I said, how this feels like a weird middle finger to Jeff Johns if we're to meta read the situation. But Jeff was super interested in bringing the Legion of Superheroes back. He made them and Saturn Girl a huge part of doomsday clock it seems like if anyone was going to write about them it would be him in fact from what i heard he when he was running the company had a stranglehold on those characters that and shazam and the jsa in a little box you're saying don't touch these i'm gonna write them yeah it's it's very strange what's happening over there at the moment because we've got like obviously doomsday clock which is two issues away from ending we've got like the stuff with scott Steiner doing like all oh, this person created the universe all that sort of stuff uh then we, we've got bandits doing stuff now with the legion it yeah it just seems like they're just like ripping it all away from him and just like oh we'll give it to all these people i don't know who it is didio probably is being really vindictive right now <laughs> You get that, and then you get Heroes in Crisis basically being like, the new 50, or the DC Rebirth era wasn't as good as you thought it was. I mean, it was, but yes. It was, but like that being the subtext of that story, where it's like, DC Rebirth was stupid, Hope is stupid. Yeah. Is what it is. And then you get this news, and then you hear, hey, Scott Snyder is actually going to be bringing back the Justice Society of America in the pages of Justice League, which again is like, but that... That sounded like something Jeff Johns wanted to do. He made them a huge part of Doomsday Clock. You would figure if anyone would write them first, it would be him. What a what an odd thing to do. <laughs> did you see like that he did a when that was announced? He did like a uh, uh, an interview with with some website, and they asked they actually asked him like, oh, is like what's the deal with this and like Doomsday Clock and everything and. The, the coy boy was down to basically Snyder saying that like Doomsday Clock isn't canon. <laughs> But then apparently they went back and they had it. They, the, the PR had him edit that quote so it reflects that he just doesn't say that. Like he had to retract that, say it kind of does. So, yeah, <laughs> it's probably not canon. It's probably not canon now. <laughs> That's amazing. It's like, well, Jeff, you you took too long. We had to rewrite it too many times. Too many power struggles. We have to say it's not canon. We're also. No word or mention of the Watchmen since that story. Oh, well, that's the thing I think Jeff did that actually helps it, whereas this story takes place a year before everything that's happening in comics at the moment. Right. So they could mention it, but yeah, that they need to have that build up like they were originally having in in the Rebirth era. 
I am I am dying to know the particulars behind the scenes like this. This should have been such a slam dunk. How did this all fall hmm. apart? Yeah, oh, we won't know for, for like years. And if Jeff Jones ever leaves DC or ends up going to work for Marvel, we'll probably learn something there. Or if, um, uh, Gary Frank says something. Yeah, really. Let's hey, let's all go to the bar and get Gary Frank super fucking drunk so he can tell us. <laughs> I, pro- I probably should have been you this, but uh, so uh, here's the thing: Zazio uh, eats babies. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> he said it. A, a drunk Frank never lies. <laughs> but yeah, I, I am really wanting to know because clearly. This book had so many things affecting it outside the story. Power structure, corporate mergers, old vendettas. (laughs) Does that not seem like this was like some Game of Thrones shit happening in the background? Yeah, yeah, it does. It really does. Like, even all the chess pieces and stuff. They they keep denying that the book was ever rewritten. I'm like, then why did it take you so long for it to come out if this shit wasn't massively rewritten at some point? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was totally rewritten. It It's still good. It's oh, yeah. still good. But, yeah, it's it's plainly obvious it was rewritten. And, again, you know, we'll see in two issues, but I, uh, I'm going to put a little theory right here, and we can all refer back to this if I'm right or wrong, and I know people will because this is the Internet, and, of course, they do. I strongly feel that when Doomsday Clock is done, they're going to put Dr. Manhattan and all those related characters in a little box, and they're going to send that box away so we can't touch it, and so no one else can touch it for a bit. Of course they're going to do that. <laughs> Which makes me think, to him like, you guys are acting so weird. Did, did you, like, lose the rights to this at some point? Like, what is what is even going on? <laughs> Doesn't it feel like they like lost the rights halfway through or something? So they're like, okay, we got to do it, but we got to dance around it too. Yeah, yeah, or like yeah, they they got spooked or something, or Alan Moore came to the offices and <laughs> smeared pig's blood all over everything or something. I, I'm going to put a curse on you. Is what I'm yeah. going to do if you if you let live bats out in the in in the offices or something. <laughs> a bunch of night crawlers come out from under his beard and start <laughs> yeah. fighting people. If you keep writing about the watchman or swear to god or whatever snake deity i believe in (laughs) if you keep writing i will become more powerful than you could ever imagine (laughs) i I like my alan moore morphed into michael kane a little bit by there by the end (laughs) faster bros don't master bros (laughs) <laughs> but yeah so that's the news everyone some some interesting goings on just man i'm i'm shocked they announced so many goddamn new books this week you would think it was comic-con or something yeah well it was a solicitation so i think they kind of had to big solicitations yeah and we uh we haven't even gotten the marvel solicitations yet because those ones always come out late so we don't even know what they're doing next yeah oh god spider-man shit probably yeah yeah more absolute carnage which looks good because it's spinning out of donny kate's stuff and i like what donny kate's is doing (laughs) (laughs) i mean war of realms for as big as they built it for jace naren it's kind of a what's the word it's kind i don't want to use the word underwhelming it's it's a chill it's a chill event ultimately despite the whole world (laughs) getting being invaded it's pretty whelming yeah, it's very, that is a good word. It's not underwhelming, it's not overwhelming, it's a pretty whelming event, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like a big summer event, like it's... No. It should be. The world's fucking ending. 
to, to think that Aaron wrote way more epic stories and way more epic uh, event <laughs> quality stories just with Thor and just with Thor's cast. <laughs> it's kind of shocking, isn't it? Yeah. And at only six issues, too, it's like, well, fuck, you're almost done. Yeah, one more issue. I mean, thank you for keeping it short, but... <laughs> but, uh, and I, I mean, all the tie-ins have been pretty solid, but still. Yeah. All right, so I guess with that, we can hop on into what we read this week, and it was a pretty big, meaty week. It was. It really was. Where uh, where would you like to start, Matt? Uh, let's start with DC's event, Leviathan. Yeah, yeah, or uh, get you up to speed, all you people who haven't been <laughs> reading, because that's basically all this was. Yeah, this was a get to, like, getting everything ready for the next... <clears throat> How long's the book? Six issues? Yes, also six. Which yeah, is just... getting it... Get... Getting everyone ready for the next five. Which is just goddamn shocking to me, because I'm like, how many times are you going to start this story? You started it in the free comic book day issue. You've been starting it in the special action comics issue. The, the last, like, four action comics have been, like, Leviathan Rising, like, yeah, all well, prelude build-up. Leviathan epilogue. Literally, this first issue of the actual event told us no new information. No, it it really didn't. It, it it was cool, like that. It's a it's a it actually like now that everything is set up. Every, you can't make an excuse that nothing is not set up. Everything is. We can get into the story now. That was cool. I uh, I do like they remembered that uh, Steve Trevor exists. <laughs> yeah, they do that every now and then. It's like oh he exists. Uh, oh he's kind of important, but not. Uh, they remember he exists and then they instantly make him the most unreasonable person in the room where it's like ah ah Leviathan spared me which means I must be important which means there must be something wrong with you I'm gonna kill Lois Lane now I'm crazy yeah I like the concept that Leviathan spares people to make them turn on each other to make that like make Ted th make uh, Steve think that uh, Lois is Leviathan, and Lois th and Batman think Steve is Leviathan, and they think Amanda Waller is Leviathan. I like that, but it's played here in a strange way, where it it, it suffers from that Bendis talk, where it's like it sure just does. just say that, don't say it in your casual speak. Steve, Steve's reasoning for why Lois might possibly be a Leviathan sleeper agent is also really silly to me because he's like, ah, oh, Lois Lane, you were so close to all the major players in this event so far. I'm like, you could make the same argument about Batman. Why aren't you shooting at Batman? Yeah, Because I, <laughs> I know I can't kill Batman. I can probably kill Lois. <laughs> uh, also, Green Arrow got to show up again, and that was nice. Yeah, he got to show up for a minute. Hey, everyone, I don't have a book right now, so if you want to get your Green Arrow fix, I guess you got to read this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, no. Although, in saying that, Bendis is kind of suited for a character like that. He is. He's very kind of like Daredevil at the time. And in fact, speaking of Daredevil, holy shit, this is a essentially a Batman-centric story now, written by Bendis and drawn by Alex Maleev. If you went back to me in, like, 2008 or whatever, when I was reading the collected editions of his Daredevil, and being like, yo, you know, like, in a decade, this dude's gonna write a fucking Batman story and be drawn by the same guy. I'd be like, no way. That's what kind of sold me on the book. Cause it's both those people writing a character who's basically daredevil. And it's like that, that's cool. That that's, that's their wheelhouse. It works. Please don't fuck it up. <laughs> they have some hard times there. There's a minute very early on where Batman has says a sentence 
and it's the most broken syntaxy hard to is follow. Is that that sentence. is he who gave you that gun yeah. or something? He who gave you that kryptonite also the per- I'm like that's a bad sentence. <laughs> that's the that's the Bendis casual speaker between he tries to do it in this way that's like like who would say that? N- like, no one would. No one just like, oh, did, did your husband give you that? Just say that. Just, again, call a chair a chair. Like, I'm not an English professor, and even I know I'm like, that is a bad sentence. <laughs> Editorial should really have changed that sentence. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's basically the long and short of the issue. The heroes show up, compare notes, and then we once again see weird red-faced Leviathan guy who doesn't actually have a name yet recruit another person. Yeah, which kind of confirms that the people who he's he's like zapping with that creature thing mm. aren't being killed. No, yeah. They're just so that, taken but, somewhere. So that's cool. You're not not going to tease that out for a little bit more than than one issue. It also means too that when the event is over with, oh no, you, you'll get all your spy organizations back. Don't worry. <laughs> also, half of them weren't actually spy organizations. Like, Cobra's not a spy organization. It's a terrorist cell. Yeah, well, again, they're, they're spies in the same way like Chaos is a group, or like, uh, what is it, friggin' uh, Blofeld's group from 007. They're, they're the anti-spies. <laughs> they're the ones that fight the spies. <laughs> Do they, though? Batman's not really a spy, and he fights Cobra all the time. Yeah, but he's a detective, and you know, like, detectives spy sometimes. Batman watches people <laughs> when they don't know that they're... There. Yeah, he's really stretching who's a spy, who's a member of the intelligence <laughs> community. Or maybe he was just like given like a like a like a notepad of bunches like that's a cool name. That's a cool name. Yeah. I don't want that one. That's a cool name. I'm sure that's exactly how he does it. And I want Green Arrow and I want Lois and I want Steve and I want all these characters to be Oh, and I want the question. But but Brian, the question literally hasn't been in anything for a long time. We we think he might be Judas now. We like literally don't know. We really fucked him up in the new fifty two. Don't worry, I'm not gonna refer to any of that. <laughs> it's it's going to be uh, Vic Stage and Renee Montoya, and they've actually made a point at saying both of them are actually going to be in it. They did make a point of that. I'm like, all right, I'm down for that. I like those characters, <laughs> but I, again, just to fully admit, like I'm throwing all that continuity away. <laughs> well, that, that's the point. That that that's like one of the continuities that should be like it should be. Does anyone really like that new Fifty Two question shit? No, Not where, really. he, where he was like Judas and he was part of like the Trinity of Sin. Remember the Trinity of Sin with Pandora and the Phantom Stranger? Ah, <laughs> oh, that book. <laughs> uh, of course you don't remember that. <laughs> but yeah, that's a le- event Leviathan. It, it is what it is. I just, I just wish this damn story would get started. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's what that one is. What, uh, what else did we have going on this week? That was the DC one. Let's, uh, Let's talk about something Marvel, I guess. Ooh, I had Spider-Man Life Story issue number four. Ooh, tell me about this. Oh, oh, it's a goodie, Matt. It's the fourth issue, which means it's the year 1995. Ooh. Braveheart is number one at the box office. People are blasting (laughs) Shaggy from their Walkmans. Adam Sandler is still funny, and the internet is slow and unreliable. (laughs) Also, Spider-Man is in the middle of a massive midlife crisis right now because his wife left him and took the kids uh, the last decade. Oh, no. Yeah. He's dating Jessica Jones, though. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's fun. What I'm most surprised about this is, like, old lady Jessica Jones is surprisingly pretty well put together for a woman who lived as hard as she did and drank as hard as she did. (laughs) 
And I'm like, oh, that's cute because we remember that Bendis retconned it in Alias that Jessica Jones actually went to high school with Peter Parker and she had a crush on him and never said anything about it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's kind of sweet. And then I'm like, oh, we should do those in the movies. And I'm like, oh, no, we can't do that in the movies because there's a big gulf in their age now. Yeah, yeah. That, that's fine. Just got held back a bunch of years for drinking and fighting. <laughs> Yeah, she's not a good student. Not a good student. That's why we can do some, like, Mrs. Jones shit with it right now. In fact, her name is even Jones, so holy crap, it works. Are you trying to seduce me, Mrs. Jones? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Tony Stark is trying to buy out his company because he's all like, Gordon Gecko, greed is good. Yeah. And in the middle of it, we've got old Alzheimer's-ridden uh, Dr. Octopus running around. Oh, wow. Okay. Who, who is a villain now. He had actually been Peter's friend in, like, the first three issues and, like, worked at a bunch of companies with him. Okay. And the idea being is that uh, Aunt May is dead now. And, uh, like, Auk blames Peter for, like, the life he could have had. Where it's like, oh, you know, I loved your aunt and I dated her. Much like he did in the main continuity. And, you know, ooh, I, I always felt that you tore us apart, and now she's dead, and, you know, now I've lost my only chance to be happy, and I just can't let go of the past, which is a major running theme with a bunch of characters in this. And he says, I'm not only going to kill you, but I'm going to kill your clone, Ben Riley, as well. All in her. And as he's getting ready to kill him and also potentially get a new younger clone body for himself, because we're working that in, too. Okay. He's like, oh, wait, look what I discovered in this old Oscorp computer. Peter, you were actually the clone all along, and Ben, you were the real one. You guys got switched. Oh, shit. Oh, just, shit. Just like in the original Clone Saga, and Ben's all pissed off, and I think, I'm gonna fucking kill you, you old man, and he actually beats him very easily because he's an old man with metal arms. <laughs> and, uh, was there, Peter tries to stop and goes, no, 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 we can work this out, we can totally fix this, and, uh, Auk, like, tries to kill them, but Harry takes the hit for them, because Harry was there, too, because they were at an old Oscorp site. Okay. And, uh, Peter, Peter doesn't see this as a bad thing, because he's, like, he's, again, in the middle of a midlife crisis, he's totally fed up with being Spider-Man right now, his heart isn't in it anymore. Yeah. And he's like, wait, but I have a clone whose heart is in it, and who is basically me, and seems to be aging at a slower rate than me. Yo, Ben, do you want to be Spider-Man? <laughs> Like, seriously, like, I will sign all my shit over to you. You be Spider-Man. I'm going to Portland to try and get my wife and kids back. <laughs> That's but, awesome. But before he does, he uh, looks up a dude he gets just to track a guy down from, and it's old man Norman Osborn. Okay. And old man Norman told Dr. Octopus that Peter was Spider-Man, and he also doctored the test results. Peter was always the real one. But again, much like in the original <laughs> Clone Saga, Norman was puppeteering everything to try and fuck with him. Uh, Norman's behind it all. Norman always behind it all. And then he's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to help Tony take over your company because, you know, my son, Harry, has a bunch of shares in your company and I know he'll give them to me. And it's like, dude, Norman, your son died. And he's like, wait, what? Yeah, your son got <laughs> killed because of your plan. And he's so, like, horrified, he ends up having a heart attack and dying. Oh, that's great. I'm like, that's, that's so cool. That's a perfectly poetic end for Norman. The I hate my son, I manipulate him. Oh, no, he's dead. I feel really bad. <laughs> I literally die of a broken heart and then the final page is Peter reuniting with his family and we got two issues left which means we got the early 2000s and then we got now the teens for the final issue Ooh, interesting cool and, and I, I love the idea of that the concept of that book it's really solid and they say Peter's gonna be like 70 by the time it's all over oh wow 
Uh, which again, which I got to think, what are they going to do for the next two issues? I'm thinking the 2000s, they got to do Civil War. Mm-hmm. And maybe toy around with the idea of him getting unmasked at some point. Mm-hmm. If they want to get really crazy, talk about the Mephisto one more day shit. I don't know how they get there, <laughs> but maybe they could. And then I guess for the teens, I don't know what you would do for the teens now. I guess like, uh, I guess Miles, like what's the biggest thing that's happened in Peter's life that stuck? Miles. Yeah, it'll be something like that. I could maybe, maybe seeing them bringing back Doc Ock. Yeah. Like it's a superior Spider-Man. In some way, shape or form. Maybe what happened to the Gwen clone? Because there's a Gwen clone running around too. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, again, maybe they'll have to restage the whole night Gwen Stacy died, but it's the clone now. Yeah, yeah. That would be something. There's there's a lot of interesting places they could still take this. And I like they change his costume every issue, too, with every decade. That's cool. That's cool. This one's all ribbed. Nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so Spider-Man Life Story continues to be great. Chip Zdarsky is killing it. This is, the, this is his Spider-Man masterpiece. Awesome. And it's not awesome. even done yet, and it's already become like, yeah, best, like, easy front-runner top three best of the year, and it's not even done yet. Nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what else did you have going on, Matt? Uh, I had Silver Server Black, issue one. As did I. This was a fucking cool book. Boy, boy, howdy was it. This is this is so cool, especially because it's, again, written by Donny Cates, who's mm-hmm. writing Guardian stuff and a lot of the cosmic-y stuff in, like, Venom and everything. Uh, so, of course, he ties that all together. Boy, does he, in, in a wonderful, beautiful way, where I'm like, holy shit, really? He worked in Null. Yeah, so so we got uh, we sort of catch up with uh, Silver Surfer as he saves all those heroes from that black hole from the very was the first or second issue of Guardians of the Galaxy. It was the first issue. Yeah, they all fell in the black. Hole. Yeah, they all fell in the black hole. He saves, uh, I, I guess, as many as he can um, before he ends up ripping the black hole apart and it consumes him and takes him to like. I was kind of kind of confused about this. It takes him to like an alternate dimension or like inside the black hole or something we don't know he, yeah he, he goes where no normal human could ever go because they don't have the power cosmic to protect them yeah and it's it's covered in darkness and in that darkness he finds a planet goes to the planet and there's like these three uh really crazy looking beings that look Dark like the progenitors that look like the progenitors from the, the the inhuman series royals oh yeah they kind of and again donny cates wrote that too so obviously he's tying that shit in as well um so like he ends up fighting them and he ends up winning because he does like his his solar flare ability or something mm-hmm. he creates and, uh, a small sun in a realm of darkness yeah and it didn't it come came at a price because now the darkness is like taking over his hand mm-hmm. and it's crawling up his body and imagine we're gonna as the series ends he'll be consumed by it and we'll find out it's going to be a symbiote or something well that's also very reminiscent of the dark silver surfer from uh what is it the uh that thanos wind storyline which i think kate mm-hmm. also wrote so yeah um so yeah we learned that those three centuries were guarding like a big door and inside that door was the god null mm-hmm. the god of the symbiotes the forger of the necro sword yeah the one the one who's been behind all of the stuff that donnie has been building up and basically that. just that's so awesome that he's connecting like all of these stories like you wouldn't connect guardians of the galaxy to like 
the stuff of Null, but now he's done that oh, with yeah. this book, and it's so cool. Null is also probably going to be the villain behind Absolute Carnage as well, because that's <laughs> the person Carnage is worshipping. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. The book also looks great, too. Trad oh my God. does this kind of, like, graffiti art stuff. It's graffiti. It's, like, trippy. Mm-hmm. Like, all the stuff with him falling through, like, the, the wormhole and the black hole was really cool. The, the designs of, like, the big centuries were really cool. It's a nice throwback to what Marvel Cosmic books used to look like. And I know that threw a lot of readers for a curve who probably never read mm-hmm. that stuff. But that's what mm-hmm. they're going for. Yeah. Like, old Silver Age cosmic shit. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty dope. Yeah. I definitely want to see this one to the end, and I think this will be the first full Silver Surfer series I've read in a very long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, when he's good, he's good. He most certainly is. Uh, what else did we have this week? Uh, ooh, we had Detective Comics. We did the ending of the uh, Arkham Knight story for now. Yeah, for now, definitely big asterisk. Yeah. But man... Uh, Astrid Arkham got defeated pretty easily, didn't she? All things considered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which again, I, I think this is a, well, probably part of a grand plan or something. Um, but yeah, yeah, this feels like a like this is this is stopping for now. We're we're going to go tell a story of the Spectre, but we're going to come back to this. Yeah, like literally, a blind Batman tackles her to victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah d- just blindly tackles her into the into the big mirror that's like causing everyone to go blind in the city. Even, that's such a cool, that's such a villainous thing. I'm going to create a big sunbeam that's going to turn everyone blind. Oh, I, I loved that, but I like even Batman had to poke holes in that plan where he's like, wait a minute, back in the park you saved cops. You were an honorable person. Why Why do you want to blind the whole city now? And she's like, shut up, Batman. You're not my dad. Don't tell me what <laughs> yeah. to do. I'll blind the whole well, city if I want. Well, the simple, simple explanation is because she's fucking crazy. Because she's crazy, exactly, which, yeah. Yeah, and again, they leave questions open about, like, whether she'll actually find out about, like, Batman not killing her father, uh, her mother, and, like, what that might do to her, whether that'll change, like, make her an anti-hero or something. Or I kept waiting for that turn. Whether it'll, like, fuel her more yeah. or something. It's I, I would be interested, again, because, you know, Tomasi's Detective Comics run has really only just started if she's kind of, like, the overarching villain for this thing. Yeah, yeah. This definitely felt like chapter one of a bigger story mm-hmm. with her, for sure. It, it really did, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it was fairly solid. I uh, I liked that Batman and Robin got to fight crime side by side again, and that, again, Tomasi is basically just backdoored a new Batman and Robin book. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was so good having them both team up. It got, it got Damien away from that gulag he's running and yeah. all that crazy shit and actually let him just be a robin again isn't that nice we haven't had just a batman and robin team up in a very long time and doesn't it just yeah. feel right like sherlock and watson yeah yeah peanut butter and jelly yeah and he gets to wave his hands in front of his blind father that's pretty funny that damien has a sense of humor where it's like damien i know you've been waving your hand in front of my blind <laughs> face this whole time and he gets to drive the batmobile he gets to drive the batmobile that's pretty fun but yeah, it was fine, but again, it felt, my big complaint is she got defeated fairly easily. Yeah. W- would have liked that fight to have gone on for a little longer. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, I had Superman issue 12. Yes. Who really destroyed Krypton? Who really cares? Certainly not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who really destroyed Krypton? Eh, maybe these guys that Supergirl found, maybe. It's like, I, as I said, like in one fell swoop. 
Bendis undoes everything Mark and Draco did in this recent Supergirl run. Like, just basically undercuts the whole fucking thing. As we were afraid he would. Yep. And I love... I said, I said, I said, because he didn't write this he's he's gonna get like pissy and be like no i've got to write something that's bigger and better and mm. undercuts this whole and it fucking happened boy boy howdy did it i like superman's reaction oh good Kara is here Kara, you've actually been researching the problem well i've sat on my hands for the last several issues please Kara, tell us what you learned <laughs> Yes, like, why didn't I go out with that? Like, because cause Rogel was trapped in the Phantom Zone. He wasn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Rogel yeah, did, but also we, we the did, Trillium Collective did it. Yeah, and also maybe Thanagar and, and Ran maybe did it as well. But and also the Circle did it, because Jor-El yeah, was also yeah. a member of the Circle. Yeah, but maybe he wasn't, because we never got a straight answer, because he can't answer straight. He can't answer fucking anything like he, he always sidesteps it always sidesteps it and that's benders because he doesn't have a good reason or because you know he's got a mystery box this we gotta keep gotta keep it coming back man i just i know the answer i can't give you the answer i i really hope that's not the new retcon because jor-el being a member of the circle and being well aware of krypton's impending destruction and that uh you know, coloring his actions of why he sent his son away, that's that's a real kick in the balls. Well, well it's not just that. It's that this book, at the end of it, it posits that Jor-El might not even be Jor-El. Yeah, it's like, are it you, might are you be Mr. Someone Oz? Else. Who are you? Yeah, it, it might be someone else. Although that could be just us misinterpreting Bendis' casual speak, whereas this Batman, is just Superman just going, it's like, who even are you? Like, in, in the context of, like, who his father is not, like, the actual identity yeah, of his father. Figurative. Like, yeah, yeah like, but if he does that, again, that's another fucking shot in the arm of, of, of Johns who set up this character. Now, I didn't read Supergirl. Was Supergirl this week, too? Because I heard Oh, some... yeah, let's talk about that. So yes, you read but... Superman issue 12... I didn't read Super because I didn't know it was out this week, though, from what people were telling me, I should really have read that one, too. Well, you read Superman issue 12, so yes. you read Super Supergirl issue 31. Oh, really? Holy shit. It, I'm not even kidding when I say that. It's page for page, the exact same, with a different writer and a different artist. And it's just just from Kara's point of view that that's the only things that have changed that's it's exactly crazy. the same it's exactly the same that's except for, so the only thing that's different is the last two two pages which is uh where in superman they head off we we follow them mm-hmm. and we see them go to the the, the trillium homeworld where where gandello has has been picked up and taken there and they just like bust in it's like i've got to fucking kill you yeah. <laughs> it someone, was a shot-for-shot shot remake. Someone was implying to me, though, in the Supergirl book, they seek to imply that Dr. Manhattan might not have saved Jor-El and that he might have saved himself, so we might be writing that out now. Again, it's like, eh, this is probably not going to have any bearing on anything. No, probably not, but still, that's that's a big slide. Hey, you know how you loved Mr. Oz and that whole mystery and him saving him from Krypton? Well, guess what? It's gone now. 
yeah, again, again, more Bender stuff. Like, if he changes this this character, like that had all this like really cool build up in like Jeff Johns' New Fifty Two Superman stuff, uh, where he was just like this hooded being to like finally revealing himself in the Titans of Tomorrow stuff and mm-hmm. the stuff that Tim Drake went through. If he if he reveals that it's like, oh, that's not Jor El, it's someone else, then fuck it. Fuck it all. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a real. That's gonna be a real kick in the teeth. But also, too, it's like, okay, if it was someone else, though, I, we can wash our hands of a lot of the dumbness that followed. Because, like, well, at least those stories are good. Because that's still that's still the real uh, Jarrell, the real Mister Oz. Because someone mentioned too, where it's like, hey, what what happened to his kryptonite eye? Why doesn't he have a kryptonite eye anymore? Is that just an art mistake? I I don't think it ever was a kryptonite. In the story, like he did get hit by like shrapnel, and that's why he's got like that that scar on his eye. I don't think it was ever like he ever had kryptonite in it. I think that was just like one of those things on the covers where it's like, oh, it looks cool when he's got like the glowing like scar eye sort of thing. Because like, I I vaguely remember him shooting like lasers out of the one eye that had like laser yeah on the other the other eye oh. that he could shoot lasers from. Okay, that's that's a weird. An- another thing that really chapped my ass is, you know, when Jack Sir, who doesn't look like Jack Sir from the last series, he looks completely different now, is telling them that, "Oh yeah, Jor-El's here. We're going to we're going to fucking jump him in the parking lot is what we're going to do." <laughs> and that General Zod and none of these other characters who would have like known Jor-El, none of them are shocked that he's alive when they really should be. No, yeah, that like 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 Zod of all people should be both happy and probably a bit pissed off that he's still alive and only like revealing himself now. Yeah, because it's like, dude, you knew him. You knew him when the planet was around. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was like one of your best friends uh, uh, for a time there. <laughs> yeah, like Zod should be like, wait, what? How the fuck did that happen? Yeah, they're getting the same thing with Kara as well. She's like taking this like pretty, like, it's like, eh. Yeah, she takes it incredibly well when she shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Same with, like, John aging up. She's like, oh, wow, that's... How long was I gone from the planet? (laughs) It's funny. And also, too, where it's like, I think Bendis has in his mind that, like, Jor-El was booting around space and not Earth for a long time because everyone... (laughs) He was in Africa this whole time. Because everyone in space knows his name and knows where he is and knows what he's been up to. And I'm like, he he knows he spent that time on Earth yet in whatever creepy Dr. Manhattan pocket. I guess he didn't. No, or it didn't didn't think that was pertinent, even though it kind of is. I think Ben just assumes that he survived, but just stayed out in space this whole time. Yeah, and like he he's got that big ship somehow, and yeah, everyone knows that the House of El symbol because of him, and right. knows he's not he's not the one to negotiate and all that sort of stuff. Because again, to bring it back to Man of Steel, he's like, ah, it is good to meet you all motherfucker they totally met you like john and lois totally met you it's like this big storyline called the oz effect where where they all met like he introduces himself and they all act like they're meeting him for the first time even though that's impossible it's so strange it's again it's like that bendis dialogue like we're probably misinterpreting it because the dialogue is just so shit I'm sitting here being like, can this story be over now? And then I'm like, why does it matter? Because we're just going to go on to something else stupid when it's done. (laughs) And the thing I keep coming back to is, I don't care who destroyed Krypton. It doesn't matter. It's not the death of the Wayne. Superman doesn't live with the the weight of it every day. This is the thing. It should be a big thing 
for Supergirl. Like, yeah. And that's what Mark and Draco was trying to do in his book, like make it like that's why she's gone out to space to find Rogelza. She has a reason, like these people killed – and they killed Kandor as well. Remember, Absolutely. he's like smashed that to bits. So like, like she has a reason to go after him, go after his axe, all that sort of stuff. But then, more yeah, dogs in this fight. But, but then, like, Bendis, like, like in, in his uh, part of this story, like, comes back, he's like, oh, no, she's just, like, a no no character. Like, she just tells them exposition, but even that exposition might not be right. Is, that's the funny thing. She's all ready to give her exposition, and then Jor-El swoops in and steals her exposition and starts saying it for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he knew all along. He knew all along. Also, And too, didn't say anything. <laughs> also, too, it's like they've retconned it before the destruction of Krypton, you know, sometimes it's Black Zero, sometimes, you know, it's whatever, and it doesn't matter because they always change it back. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it doesn't matter. So, like, something like this, it shouldn't, like, like this it shouldn't be, like, this big of a, a plot point. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, he destroyed Krypton. Okay, cool. And I've heard some That's people cool. defend it to be like, no, they're, you know, they're, they're reimagining and rewriting the DC cosmology. And I'm like, is Superman a cosmic what? character? Does he spend a lot of time in space? And also, no, Scott Snyder's Justice League is reimagining the cosmology right now. And how does that, like, reimagining the death of Krypton, like, what does that change for the characters? Like, these like so, so they learn that, like, this guy probably killed it okay they can't stop it we had a story about superman going back in time to try and stop the krypton from blowing up and it ended up with him and booster gold fucking up everything that's right so you can't go back and do that because that's already been done already been done so yeah that's that's the bendis superman everyone kind of (laughs) disappointing Yeah, and Supergirl was at least better because it was from Kara's point of view, and it was a, you're more invested in her because it's all like her stuff and everything. But yeah, again, it was shot page for page, shot for shot of Superman issue thirty one. Mm-hmm. Like lit- they have like literally the same art sometimes. Sounds like that's the one I should have read instead. Uh, <laughs> I also had uh, Spider Man this week twenty three, the big epilogue for Hunted. Yeah. This uh, this one was interesting. I like uh, I like how it's like oh how Spider Man gonna clean up Central Park and all these costumed supervillains. Oh, he's not gonna have to because the cops and the Avengers are there to do their jobs. I, I'm hoping that like comes back to bite him in the ass, like because he just like sees oh the cops here, oh the Avengers are here helping. Oh, I'll just I'll just leave because I gotta go save Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that comes back to bite him in the ass, like. Like so, I know Jameson's like his kind of friend now, but I hope he gets on like the radios. Like, hey, the um, Spider Man has left left all this shit in in Central Park, and <laughs> or Fisk uses it or something. Yeah, really. I do love the amount of competence on everyone else. The cops and the Avengers. No, no, no. We were waiting outside the Shield for our chance to come in and kick some ass. <laughs> and now we're, Captain America gets a great line too and he rounds up like the trophy hunting one percenters and it's like look I don't know if this is a fishing game infraction or what this is you've done, you've done something illegal and you're all going to jail <laughs> we'll work that shit out later but you can, you're all going to jail <laughs> and then we got the stuff uh, I, I like Vulture got elevated by this and now Vulture has his own team the Savage Six I hope that comes back yeah like I, I was really really hoping that that would happen especially because like the way they like built him up with like like oh he's like doing all this deception and trickery to like use the power vacuum created by this to like 
seize power and become become a top villain again. He's being a real vulture. He's picking over the scraps yeah. and everything. He's being a yeah. bird of prey, which I dig. Uh, also, too, I could, I could see that being a fun future story where it's like, oh, no, Vulture and the Savage Six are coming after Spider-Man. He needs to recruit some help. Hey, Boomerang, will you and the superior foes come and back me up? <laughs> Imagine that, Spider-Man and his superior foes versus the Savage Six. Ah, oh, that'd be cool. That that'd be, be so cool. And then Vulture would be like, man, you guys are a lame ripoff. Uh, what is it, Sinister Six? I was in the Sinister Six while you were all in diapers. <laughs> I hate you young people. <laughs> uh, that was pretty solid. Uh, I, I like the stuff with MJ's at the end. It's like, nah, she's fine. You know, you're, all the fear was unfounded. You know, she can handle herself. Yeah, they get the little bug on the window. And so, ooh, what's going to happen with this? That's the next storyline, isn't it? Uh, no, I think the next one is actually a Superior Foe story. Oh, nice. Again, either way, it's fun. I, I do like with when we hear the creepy centipede guy, who, again, still hasn't uh, still doesn't have a name, in what they say, we can gleam a little bit more about who they are, where it's like, no, I wasn't going to hurt Mary Jane. I'm not one of your dime-a-dozen predictable antagonists. <laughs> She's also an innocent in this. You know, it's you I want to hurt. Yeah. Which has led some interesting theories. I asked everyone in my comment section who they thought it would be. Uh, one person actually said George Stacy, and I thought that was kind of an interesting theory. That could be cool. Yeah. Because it's like everything the centipede guy is saying sounds like a jilted lover, which led everyone to think, oh, well, it has to be Carly Cooper because Carly Cooper's back. No, it could easily be the words of a jilted father to a daughter mm. who Spider-Man had dated and ultimately ended up hurting. And maybe that's why he gets so pissed about the stuff with Black Hat and everything. Like, no, don't, <laughs> don't you bring another woman into your, you know, uh, into your orbit, Spider-Man. They're only going to get hurt and die like my daughter did. Mm -hmm. That would be fun. I'd be cool with that twist. Yeah, that'd be actually, that would, that would be really cool. And right out of, like, left field, like, no one would suspect that. No. George Stacy, if it is them... That would make sense, the centipede guy being a cop, because he knows all the supervillains, and he knows, like, a bunch of stuff that a cop would know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That would be interesting, because, like, he, when he talks to Kingpin, they make a solid point of saying that Kingpin recognizes the guy's voice, but not his face. Yeah, yeah, ooh. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, Whatever it is, though, I, I'm the thing I'm looking forward to most is the people getting upset about it. Oh, of course. Because if Spider-Man fans are one thing, it's upset about yeah. everything. They're a, they're a passionate lot, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, hey, fan is short for fanatical, let us not forget, for ill <laughs> or for good. But that's what it is. And then the, the big final thing here was like, oh, Craven is dead. But we got a new Craven right away. Yeah, yeah. He, he ripped off his shirt, shirt and like punched a bunch of like pumas. <laughs> it's like, uh, you, it's, you know, that famous meme there. I am the captain now. I am the Craven now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. We get a younger Craven. Who they're like, no, 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 see, he's more dangerous now because he doesn't have the spider curse hanging over his head now. That's true. That's true. And he has more of a reason for revenge against Spider-Man for the whole killing his father thing. And I'm like, all right, I'll take this ride. Sure, why not? Yeah. Cra Craven gets a fresh start. He gets to start over. And then they finally answer the question that I've been asking forever, and that is, hey, where the hell is Craven's brother, the chameleon? Shouldn't he be involved in this? He's an animal-themed <laughs> villain. Well, he was busy over in Punisher, and he flew back over over here after impersonating Nick Fury. 
Yep. I thought this was his big Spider-Man return, but apparently I was wrong. Apparently he actually had a whole arc devoted to himself in Spider-Man Deadpool. Oh, really? Yeah, so the chameleon has been way more busy than I thought he was, but for me, this was a big deal, because it's like, oh, it's the chameleon's big return to the amazing Spider-Man book, the main Spider-Man book, since, like, Slot was writing and did a whole story with him. Yeah. But, no, in truth, he's actually been other places, but I like he promises to essentially avenge his brother and also to kill the whole world. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, br bring it on, chameleon, let's see what you can do. <laughs> I just like seeing Chameleon. I think he's I think he's a cool design. He is creepy design. Very that like white, you know, kind of off-brand face. Like I'm not quite human. Yeah, like like budget Voldemort or something. Oh my god, he is Voldemort! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Chameleon learns magic and gets a snake tattoo. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> But yeah, this this was fine. This was a good, solid epilogue. It only strengthens what I've been saying about this series from the very beginning, and that is, yo, it's called Spider-Man Hunted, but it's literally about everyone else who's not Spider-Man. Yeah, he's not a main character. No, Spider-Man is such a backseat player in this book, and I think <laughs> I would have actually appreciated this book more if they came out and said that, but if they did, if they called it Craven's Hunted, it might not sell as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Nick Spencer loves his villains. He loves writing shit about villains. Mm-hmm. He sure fucking does. And I like him for that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was Amazing Spider-Man, and that's that's basically... Oh, no, I had one more. How many more did you have? Uh, I'm pretty sure the one you had is the same one I had, but I had two other ones that I know you haven't read. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the first one was The Flash, issue 72. Oh, yes, we're continuing the year one story. Yeah, so this... This picks up with the Flash fighting uh, his first and what will eventually be his final villain, the Turtle. Ah, nice. Um, a little bit of uh, in, connectivity. Yeah, and so he he's obviously still very green, so he doesn't really know how to use his powers. And he inadvertently stops the Turtle when the Turtle, like, throws him through a wall. He vibrates through it, but he can't vibrate properly, so he ends up exploding the wall. The wall <laughs> falls on the Turtle. Uh -oh. <laughs> so, um... He does that, and that kind of gives him, like, the confidence he needs to sort of be a hero again. So he ends up, like, spending months, uh, like, fixing his costume and, like, I'm going to make new boots, new gloves and, like, a mask and everything and all this sort of stuff. And because of his speed, he's gotten time to do work uh, as well as form a relationship with Iris. And oh. it's just them sort of, like going about their day and then she reveals she's working on a story about a uh a thief called clive yorkin oh. who uh runs a gang uh who is part of leonard snart's crew right i thought uh, that name sounded familiar i think that's from yeah something yeah and they they they, they all wear the glass that the captain cold glasses that uh and they're given the the, the reason why they wear them is that because it masks them from cameras mm. as well as gives them as well as alerts them to like if police know they're there or something or like alarms go off and stuff like that and they look um, slick as hell too <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um so they've been like like robbing places and yorkin's been like killing off his crew like after every job so he gets more of the money Naturally. um so flash goes to investigate and he finds out where they're going to hit next and iris does as well and iris approaches them on the street and like all hell breaks loose they try and take iris hostage and the flash gets involved when he starts shooting his gun at the people and flash stops all the bullets 
but I don't think he he doesn't do it right because this is his first time stopping bullets, and he actually ends up getting shot himself. <laughs> so he saves everyone else, but he himself gets shot in in super speed, and he ends up running back to his apartment and starts bleeding out everywhere. Yikes! Yeah, so it's, it's a pretty cool book. It's a pretty cool book. Yeah, sounds good. Again, I, I really feel like I got to pick that up and soon with uh, Batman Superman coming out and everything because I want to be because yeah. uh, you know he's going to reference shit he wrote there. Oh yeah, definitely, most definitely. So I definitely want to be on that one, but that's good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that one's so good, and that you're still digging yeah. it so hard. Uh, uh, oh, I had champions from this week. This was a, this was a little short one. Nice. Uh, what is it there? Uh, they they fight a group of evil renegade Valkyries who are working for hell. <laughs> nice. Trying to cut up uh, South America to be their new kingdom in the War of Realms. And Kamala is, like, under a lot of stress right now because she's like, I'm I'm the last original champion here. Uh, Amadeus went off to join the Agents of Atlas. Spider-Man is still dealing from making a deal with the devil, so he can't come out to play. He's he's also in a bunch of books he shouldn't be <laughs> for this event. Uh-oh. Uh, was there Sam's out in space getting his helmet back? And uh, just when she thinks, no, no, I, I got this. I'm going to fight the Valkyrie woman. Because obviously Valkyries ferry souls from the dead back and forth in Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. As soon as Kamala touches the Valkyrie, she gets horrible images of her death, the one that Miles made a deal with Mephisto with to undo. <laughs> oh no. So she's like, Oh no, I died. This is horrible. And she she's out of the fight at that point. And it's up to Power Man 2, Victor Alvarez, to step on in and save the day, and he does <laughs> in a crazy way. Oh, nice. So do you remember how this Power Man's abilities work? Vaguely. Remind me. He's all about chi, but not like chi. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like in Iron Fist does it. It's more like like, like chi from throughout history powers him and like great bat. He's literally powered by history. So when the Valkyries like stab him with their sword, he's like, oh, that sword's seen like a million battles and a bunch of different realms and everything. (laughs) Cool. I'm absorbing all the chi from it and all from you. And he grows to kaiju size and beats the shit out of them. Oh, that's cool. He's important now. (laughs) He is. I'm like, this is the greatest thing Power Man 2 has ever done. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a joke anymore. And the whole comic ends with Kamala being like, hey, look, until I work through my shit, I can't be leader anymore. I step down. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, and I'm like, ooh, that's pretty heavy. And uh, yeah, that's basically where that one ended. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun little story. I liked seeing uh, Power Man actually get to do shit. Nice, nice. I'm useful. That's cool. Um... I had Batman Who Laughs issue six. Oh yeah, have we not talked about this one yet? No, no, we haven't. That's funny. Usually we would start with this one. This is this was supposed to be the end until they added another issue. Although a lot of websites still call it six of six. Yeah, it it's it's very strange because I'm wondering like, what did they rewrite? Like, what did they add to make it? Longer, if this was yeah. to make to make it longer, because this this kind of does feel like an end, but as well as like that 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 uh. The, the actual ending of this is big cliffhanger for the next issue. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Batman, like, lets Last Laugh get activated. Like, we're still waiting on the Grim Knight to put the little toxin, put the the lead in the water and everything. Uh, but uh, he, he can't because uh, Jim and James have been given cool Batman Beyond suits to stop him. I love that, and I love that it's actually a callback to something that Snyder wrote in his run. Where it's like, no, 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 Lucius Fox was working on that when he had prototypes ready. I was so upset 
that Jim wasn't wearing his Batman costume from when he was Batman. I really thought they were going that way, that they were going to have Batman. Or is it in the big Batman. mech suit or something? I thought they were both going to have Bat mechs, and that's the way it was going to go. Yeah, th- th- that would have been pretty cool. Um, but yeah, they end up fighting them. Well, Batman uh, takes the last Bruce Wayne that the Batman who last was going to kill uh, away, and he plans on bringing his own his own pick of the litter uh, to to his world. And to do that, he has to focus all the energy into the the Wayne Manor deposit of black black matter metal, and um, draw the, the the villain to him so the villain actually has to fight him yeah but but he can't fight him too hard though because anything that gets his blood pumping will turn him yeah. into another batman who laughs so yeah. he has to win without fighting and, and it's even better because he's got alfred in his ear like every five minutes like sir your blood's now like down to 10 percent real yeah don't don't do it don't you do it i would do it i love to they even recreate the uh great lightning scene from dark knight yeah. Returns, but they're both jumping yeah, that was cool. Um, and we learned that the Bruce Wayne that he's brought, because this whole thing is like the Bruce Waynes that he's been killing are happy. Yes. And and we find out that they're happy because they compromised on being Batman. They evolved. They gave, and, they and, gave up their and, obsession. And because of that, they won. And that all their cities are like fine and happy and everything. And the Bruce is happy. And, and Bruce Batman is happy. And laughs, hates those Batman because yeah. like they, they gave up. They compromised on yeah. who we are. And because of that, even though you're the most miserable Batman in the multiverse, I like you more than all the other ones because you're a lot like me. Yeah, and, and Bruce, Bruce doesn't agree with that. And he brings about the happiest Batman happiest bruce that you could think of or, or ever will be and that's him but as a like 10 year old boy kid before all the tragedy hits him yeah so so he's got to defend like little bruce from the batman who laughs uh and he's, he's fighting him and everything and the coolest thing i don't know whether you picked up on this but the coolest thing this issue did was like up through all of batman's dialogue which is turning into like the red boxes there's like always one letter that's like like white and like if piece all of them to message yeah piece them all together there's a really cool message in it and it's like about taking the leap and actually like giving in to win and everything and stuff like that it's so cool it's you know when you see something that's like Ooh, what's what scott snyder trying to tell me here he's like led zeppelin i gotta read the comic backwards <laughs> but yeah that's pretty solid and once again we end on another all is lost moment too yeah where batman gets like more venom toxin stuff injected into him than ever before he's more toxin than man now which leads to the question <laughs> okay how the hell are you getting out of this one exactly how do you get out of this one this is like this is a no-win situation batman who laughs even says it's like no matter what bruce does i'm gonna win unless it's not bruce unless he swapped costumes with somebody it's Bane. It was Bane. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Alfred got dressed. Special guest writer Tom King. <laughs> yeah, it was me all along. And also that this last issue is going to lead into the Batman Superman stuff. So we're not done with this Batman who laughs shit by sight. Oh, no, yeah. He's going to be like the main, like, villain in that book, I think. Shocking. Yeah, the, a character who, who has no right to be as good as he is. No. Is good. Because, like... Under any other writer, he would just be. This is a this is an amalgamation of Joker and Batman. He's yeah. crazy, but he's in Batman's costume. Oh no! What if Batman like, is he, evil, but also a centibite from Hellraiser? Yeah, it's such a cool design, such a cool like character and everything. 
it also allows like Snyder to kind of get deconstructive with Batman and being like, look, that obsession that is like Bruce's greatest downfall for the Batman who laughs, that's his greatest power because he is an inverse of Batman and he takes all the bad stuff and makes it into a positive where it's like, oh, Batman who laughs is prepared for everything because Batman says he's prepared for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's also like the book is also kind of like going against the stuff Tom King's writing. Whereas yeah. in that book, he's like, "Oh, Batman can never be happy." Whereas this book's about all about Batman's happiness, basically. Yes, that he can absolutely be happy in alternate universes, and that our Batman defies when Batman who laughs says that that he can't be happy. He's like, "No bullshit. Yes, I can." Yeah, yeah, it's 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 like night and day. Boy, boy, is it boy is yeah and it's great it's so good it's good solid stuff good solid batman yeah do you know what do you know what what it isn't a very good batman book it's kind of like eh uh is it the outsiders yeah (laughs) you you read it and stuck with it i i didn't even give it the time of day so more power to you do do tell though well well batman's not even in this book and his name is on the title uh Bruce is at the start to tell like Jefferson, like, "Hey, stick in there. You can be a symbol of hope. I'm a symbol of fear. Hope, being a symbol of hope is harder, but you can be it. So go, 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 help this woman. She and apparently like Caliber is like his agent oh. as well. Uh, yeah, that fucking came out of nowhere. Um, Caliber is like a Markovian uh, arms dealer that right. Batman made a deal with, or he owes Batman mm-hmm. something." I, I don't I, I have no idea where that came from. Um, it feel, feels like a, a retcon because the cover shows Batman's team fighting Caliber. Oh. Um, whereas in this book, they actually help him fight the villain, which is Ishmael, which we learn is like Ra's al Ghul's like henchman. Right. Because Ra's al Ghul wants this woman for reason to make her into a henchman or something. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very there's like little to no story in this actual issue. It's just like all really really pretty art by Dexter Soy. Keep keep in mind you talked about shit being rewritten. This book was supposed to come out in December and got held mm-hmm. back, so who knows. Yeah, it, it feels like it, it has been rewritten. Like Caliber was probably meant to be a villain and then now he's a good guy. You know, it probably was. Hey, hey, uh I, again, well, why am I blanking on the guy who uh, writes this now? Uh, uh, Brian Hill. Brian Hill. Hey, Brian Hill. Well, you know we've only been giving you fill-in work, but we're going to give you this main series. Oh, yeah, you're writing a lot of characters and doing a lot of things right now. Yeah, they're kind of earmarked for other writers right now. You're kind of you're kind of low in the parking order, so rewrite all your stuff. Yeah, Ra's al Ghul is in this book, even though we've been told through other books that came out this week as well uh, that he's dead. Yeah. Um, Although death is uh, really only like catching a cold for Rachel Ghoul. <laughs> yeah, but someone like Batman should know he's still alive. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he does. He's still alive. He wants this woman because she she's a weapon, like her powers and stuff. He wants to like make her a henchman like Ishmael. Which doesn't make much sense because he has Ishmael and probably hundreds of other people who, who are probably better suited for this. Um, another thing, the team seemingly works really well together this issue for what little they're actually in it. Right. Whereas last issue, they're on the verge of disbanding. Hmm. <laughs> Where they're like, oh, we don't want to be a team. We're, you know, there's stuff with Duke and PTSD from uh, Karma and stuff, all that sort of stuff. None of that is mentioned. It's just a really weird issue. 
Like yeah. it, just, it exists, but it doesn't forward the story at all. It just, it's just art, basically. Mm. It's just art. That's that's a shame. I want uh, Brian Edward Hill to have something good at DC, but at the same time, too, I'm like, I don't feel bad about not picking this up. I I, I want to like the the outsiders. The outsiders are a pretty cool team. This new reboot, like the the team members are pretty cool, but again, if like you... there's nothing. Nothing in this book. I, again, again, they're all characters I want to read about, want to do well, but yeah, yeah, it's just like a nothing. Like it was a um, like an afterthought. It's like oh, we'll slap Batman's name on it. We'll get some sales back. And I feel like the only reason this team even came together was because Young Justice was going to be called uh, Outsiders, and that also came out around December. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they pushed it and moved it around, and now again, as you said, it's a bit of an afterthought. Yeah. Oops. So was that everything yeah. from this week, Matt? That was everything. Oh boy, what a what a humdinger of a show was that. Yeah. We we left it all out there on the field, Matt, the field of podcasting. We played played hard in the paint and now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> As I talk about how great it is what we did. Uh, I want to thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, I want to thank all the new patrons. I noticed we got quite a few new people there uh, this week. I would read your names, but I don't know if you want your names read, if that's like an invasion of privacy or something. But thank you. You know who you are. I appreciate that. It helps keep the lights on here. helps me pay Matt for all the good stuff he does on the show. Uh, As always, you can listen to this show on YouTube, uh, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. But if you are a patron, you get to listen to it first before anyone else, usually as soon as we're done recording Sunday night. So that's a nice plus. Uh, Everyone else, you can get the audio version of the show over uh, on SoundCloud and iTunes and uh, basically wherever other podcasts go. I know podcasts, you you put them out there in an RSS feed and then they they just go everywhere. Yeah, everywhere, just everywhere. They they fly through the internet, man. Like 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 beautiful beautiful birds. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, again, if you're going to be in the Vancouver area, starting uh, July fifth to the eighth, I will be in Vancouver because the sixth, uh, that's the Saturday, is the first ever Geektopia show at the Harbor Convention Center. Uh, there I am going to be a guest. I will have a panel, and I finally know what the panel is going to be, Matt. They finally told me. Oh, what is it? It's going to be YouTube-centric. It's going to be getting into YouTube. I'm going to be telling my own full, uncut, unabridged story about getting into YouTube and the ups and the downs <laughs> and the uh, the highs and the lows and the creamy middles and how you could do it, too. It's going to be it's going to be like one of those infomercials. I'm going to be like, bye-bye book, and I'm going to tell you how you can do it. It's going to be like a revival, too. I'm going to have pyrotechnics and everything. Yeah, you're going to like, like hold snakes and shit. And... You, be- you beat me, too. It might be hard to find snakes out there this time of year but yeah i'm gonna let snakes bite me through the power of comic jesus <laughs> i do not the power die. of monetization yeah i do not die look at me i, I live i die i live again <laughs> but yeah that should be fun uh, i put a thing out on the youtube community thing because i forget that's a thing if you have a question about youtube in case god help me no one shows up which could potentially happen because this is the first year this con is going on uh <laughs> Write me some questions, because come hell or high water, I will record a thing, and you will be able to watch it later. Nice. In fact, you know what I should do? When I make that video, I should do that YouTube premiere thing where we can all watch it together, so you're watching me do a panel live while I talk to you about it. 
You'll be like the first person to ever use that feature. I know, right? The premiere feature. It's like, hey, you can upload a video and watch it with people. Oh, but don't I don't I, don't I, I put up videos? I, I, tr I tried to use that on one of my videos. I was like, oh, let's see what this is like. And it ended up just like publishing the video then and there. And like, right. oh, well, this is fucked. Yeah, what a, what a great feature. <laughs> I'd be better just fucking screen capturing VLC and doing it on Twitch. <laughs> yeah, we'll take away sh auto sharing and put this in instead. I'm so mad that auto-sharing is gone now. I know. I'm and losing so many views. I know. That did like 90% of our job for us, the ability to auto-share. Hey, this this topic right here, this will be a great thing for the panel. Shit that YouTube will just change on you that will fuck up your whole life. <laughs> yeah, no, it always, it always keeps you on your toes. You see, this panel is supposed to be, you know, how to get people into YouTube and interested, but really, secretly in the back of my mind, it's to discourage people <laughs> from getting into it. You, you're like that, you're like, you're like that, um, like, like crazy old man in like, in like horror movies, like, don't yeah. go near the house, don't go near that, and then they're like, I won't go near the house, I won't go near the house. <laughs> Monetization, you don't want to go down that road. <laughs> yellow check marks there. Oh yes, uh, I've seen several yellow check marks there over by the old Jenkins place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna be good, <laughs> man. So you know, uh, hey, do you want to get into YouTube now after watching Joel's uh, panel? No, actually, <laughs> he made it sound horrible, <laughs> and he himself looked horrible. <laughs> I just stroll in, messy hair. I'm still wearing my robe from the hotel. Ah, oh, everyone's fucking get this done. Uh, crack a beer. Let's get this over with. <laughs> I'm actually happy I uh, I got tickets to Spider-Man: Homecoming because that's actually gonna or Far From Home. Oh, nice. That's gonna come out while I'm there. Oh, good because I'm gonna probably see it the day like we have a show. If we do it on that day, if not, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll probably do it when I get home. So, again, if people miss a show that week, that's why. I will try and make up for it by being twice as active on social media and posting shit. So, if you lose a show, that's why. Awesome. And, and know that it's not all a vacation for me. I'm working for you guys, too. I'm going to be recording panels and shit so you can have fun stuff to watch. Yeah, you're not going to be golfing over at Mar-a-Lago or anything. No, no, I don't <laughs> like golf. Do they have a buffet in Mar-a-Lago? They probably have a buffet. I'll eat there. Yeah, it's just Macca's. It's just McDonald's. Uh, that's fine, I guess. Me, me Cold all, McDonald's. Me, me and all the Chinese gangsters and everything. <laughs> oh, man, I had a Sourdough King from Burger King this week because I was by a Burger King, and, I mean, that's like finding a unicorn. you got to do something with it. Man, that's, that's a pretty good sandwich, the Sourdough King. <laughs> Joel, uh, uh, <laughs> Comic Multiverse, <laughs> uh, was it? Proud sponsor. Burger King. Proud sponsor of Burger King. Proud sponsor of the Sourdough King. <laughs> Which, man, a peppercorn sauce? Delicious. <laughs> and on that note, everyone, I think we officially need to bring this show to a close. This is the show that will not end. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. That really helps drive engagement. And, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you, too, because, like, I, I always read my own comments. I have to. I, I, I take great pride in, you know, uh, going through my comment section. So, yes, with that, everyone, we're officially done the show. Officially done. <laughs> officially done. Until next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.